Happy holidays and welcome back to another episode of Backcourt Violation. This is Brady uh, here at the Ledger in Lakeland. Uh, we're we're going to talk a little bit about uh, one of the local holiday classic kind of tournaments that are coming up in uh, in Lakeland. That's the Southeastern University Classic, the SCU Classic. That's uh, Friday and Saturday, depending on when you're uh, listening. Interesting this year, I believe Southeastern has played this tournament in the past, but this time around we're going to have two local teams, Southeastern and Warner, will be playing in it. But that's not even the the most interesting aspect. The big thing is that St. Francis of Indiana, a team that's ten and two and ranked number two in this week's coaches poll, is coming to town. Uh, it should be an interesting kind of test for both Southeastern and Warner. Both of them will get their shot. Uh, Southeastern on Friday, Warner on Saturday. I don't know <laughs> who has an advantage in that regard because while Warner will get St. Francis on the second night of a back to back. They'll also be in the same situation after playing Goshen, which uh, is another school from Indiana, on uh, Friday. But there, there's a lot of kind of you know situations you don't run into when you have a tournament like this normally because you know with the Sun Conference, it's been a solid conference over the past few seasons, and they've really consistently gotten two or maybe three teams into the NAI tournament every year. But I had a coach try and describe to me the difference between basketball. In the Sun Conference, which is you know Florida and slightly into Georgia, uh, versus you know the East Coast versus the Midwest versus the West Coast, Texas. You know, there's there's so many different styles that these smaller schools play, depending upon where they are and what type of talent they can bring in. And that's kind of the interesting part about this tournament is it really pits two different you know regional styles of basketball together. Uh, you know, teams that are from the crossroads league is you know it's one of the better leagues in the in the nai the crossroads is a lot of four-year guys um skilled players you know not a bunch of athleticism a lot of kind of just i guess as a as the stereotype goes uh grit and toughness but um taylor is a team from that conference and they're the ones that knocked uh warner out of the nai tournament last year so this is obviously you know a conference that that really has a lot of depth and st francis at the top of that uh, two guys from St. Francis that are interesting is uh, Bryce Linehope and uh, Derek Heinen. Uh, Heinen's a six foot six big guy, uh, seventeen points and a few rebounds per game. Um, I'm sorry, Heinen's the guard. Linehope is the big guy, seventeen points, eight rebounds, and three assists, which is uh, interesting from a guy who's you know on the front court. Uh, Derek Heinen is the guard, seventeen points, shooting forty five percent from three. So. Now, they're going to be a team that shoots the ball well, doesn't make mistakes, and it'll be interesting to see how both Southeastern and Warner kind of match up with a team like that. Because you know, for the most part, I don't think either of them have really played somebody that you know of that type. You know, definitely not that good. Um, Southeastern's ten and one. They lost last month up in South Carolina to Allen University. Uh, they're number seven this week. And this is their best start since 2001. This has to be, I'm not exactly sure of this, but this has to be their top ranking in the poll since at least three years ago um, when they had Dwayne Johnson and they went to the uh, you know deep run in the tournament. But the thing about Southeastern is there's been two guys that, that have really caught my eye, at least from the limited times I've seen them and from what I've talked to people, is that you know Ryan Atkins is a new guy and he came in this year and was a scorer. Uh, up in West Virginia where he played last year. But, you know, he's averaging 21 points, four rebounds, and an assist, and he's coming up with two steals. And, and he's a guy who really can do it on both sides of the court. And that's that's been important for Southeastern because over the years they've had guys who could score but really weren't great defenders. And, 
you know, they've kind of lacked a two-way player like that who can do something like score 21 points and carry a load along with uh, C.J. Reese. So that's been interesting. And another guy who's kind of under the radar a little bit for them but has has played well is, uh, Jos- is uh, not Josiah, Isaac Barsh, uh, one of the, the, the few big bodies they have coming back this year. Um, you know, over his past seven games, he's averaging 10.7 rebounds, a couple steals. Uh, he had a big game the other day. Um, one of their wins, but but he's a guy who has come off the bench a little bit, started a little bit, but he's given them a lot when he's been out there, and and they haven't gotten a lot out of a couple guys from last year, um, you know, and that's been good to see kind of depth on that side because they had no depth last year. Uh, Warner, kind of the same deal. Warner's got a lot of depth, but Warner has been kind of learning how to play within itself this year. Um, you know, they were ranked for most of the season. They fell out this week after losing to Thomas on Saturday. Uh, they've played very few games away from home. Uh, you know, true road games, they're only, they've only played two, and they've split those. Um, Melton Sanders is a new guy this year. He's a guard. He came from a JUCO via a, a Division II school. Really fun player to watch. He's, he's never playing too fast. He's always under control, it seems, and and he's really, you know, found a way to to score a lot for them. But, you know, he's turned the ball over more than he's come up with assists, and that's not, you know, great from your primary guy. Um, and he's only shooting 27% from three on 60 attempts. That's got to get better for them to improve. But he's been kind of the the straw that stirs their drink. And then Khalil Ozuna is another guy from a JUCO who's, who's really kind of given them a true big man that can, you know, rebound and, and do all that fun stuff down low. He's at 16 points and nine rebounds. But, um, you know, the thing that interests me most about Warner isn't necessarily those two or even, you know, one of the other starters, Adam Geiger, who's, you know, one of the better three-point shooters in the conference. It's this kind of two-man game they have at point guard with uh, Denzel Osan and and Nick Macon. Um, I know Macon's kind of had an up-and-down start to the year, and Osan, when I saw them play, was extremely – and I've always been – you know, excited to see him play because he just kind of has that style of playing fast and, and, and never really slowing down. He's kind of one of those guards who's always zipping around, and he was a lot of fun to watch against Weber. But I think for most teams, having, you know, two point guards of that caliber is good. But I think at the same time, when those guys are both playing 31 to 35 minutes per game, you have to try and adjust to playing with two guys who are at their best with the ball. And that, you know, that makes it three if you include Sanders. And so, you know, they've probably put together as good a start individually, all three of those guys, you know, statistically, at least offensively as they could. But I'm sure, you know, when Sean Hanrahan looks at them, he sees, you know, ways to improve and ways that they can be better because you really, with, with two point guards in the court at you know big times in the game, that really gives you the ability to to create shots and doesn't limit you. A lot of times last year, I feel like you know for better or for worse, more often for better, you know Warner could just give the ball to Warren Hall and Warren Hall could figure it out. But Warren Hall's gone now, and so is Josh Ellis. He's actually the coach of the JV team there, and so you know you're trying to fit new pieces in with returning pieces, and the returning pieces have gotten better, and so. You know, it's a work in progress, and I think, you know, from watching Warner play Weber, uh, you know, I think that Warner's got definitely, you know, the talent offensively. I think they just have to continue to, you know, learn how to play together. And, you know, it's only December, but that still brings us to this tournament, which I still don't know quite what to expect from either of them against uh, St. Francis. Like I said, I mean, 
Southeastern has played some good teams, but I don't think that St. Francis is <laughs> comparable to what they've played. And Warner's in the same boat. I think uh, you know it's going to be one of those situations where you could see good offensive days from both Warner and Southeastern, but if they're not great defensive days, they're not going to beat St. Francis. Uh, and that's the big thing against a team like that where you're not trying to game plan to stop one player. I think both Warner and Southeastern, R.J. Barsh and Sean Hanrahan would both agree that if there was a team that you had to just try and focus on slowing down one guy, it would probably be an easier task to at least plan for than to try and stop, you know, <laughs> three, four, five guys that uh, that St. Francis is going to throw at you. And that's kind of what makes it interesting is that I don't think teams like this really exist in the Sun Conference. You know, maybe Southeastern and Warner could – build toward being that and maybe southeastern you know at number seven is closer than we think but you know most times you don't face teams like this and that's why this is kind of an interesting tournament because it's just such a different animal for them and for the players and for everything and it's it's going to be a little weird because the tournament will be played i think after uh you know most of the students at southeastern are gone so it's going to be one of those kind of quiet gym type games but it should be an interesting one and i'm kind of you know, excited to see what these teams do because, you know, this is kind of the last test. You know, we talked about this last week with Florida Southern, but, you know, you play these games, you get to this point, and then you kind of take a slight break for the holidays. You come back after that, and it's conference season. And you're, you know, in the grind of playing, you know, two, three games a week and, and really playing games that are going to be the ones that decide where you go this season. And so, you know, for, for a lot of teams, figuring it out and at least having, you know, the team playing well at this point, you know, is the hope. Is the hope is that you're playing well going into those conference games. And so, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Um, and I don't think that either team can really look past Goshen either. Uh, they're 8-5. and five. They have uh, the best nickname of all the teams tournament, the Maple Leafs. <laughs> they aren't ranked, uh, but they have lost to number one Cornerstone and uh, number four Indiana Wesleyan, but they did beat number fourteen Bethel last week. The one catch with them is they're one and four away from uh, home, so they appear to be vulnerable on the road. And this would be a neutral site game, you know, thousands of miles away. So that will be something to watch for too. But yeah, it should be a, a good two days of basketball right before the holidays. And um, yeah, that'll be at Southeastern. If you come out, say hi to me. I'll be sitting there hanging out. Uh, but I think that's all the time we have today. Um, appreciate you guys tuning in. I'll be gone off the radar for the next two weeks after this. So we will return uh, with more podcasts and more stuff in 2018. Uh, but this has been Brady, and uh, you're listening to Backcourt Violation. Thanks.